Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I pray that this word blesses your spirit, empowers you wherever you are, whether it be your home, your workplace, the gym, or even if you're riding in the car. Look, let's advance the kingdom by spreading this word with whoever you come in contact with. That is my ultimate goal is to spread the kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ. I love you. And once again, here's today's message. Be blessed. We love you. We thank you. We honor you for life this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for how you kept us, Lord God, this week from seen dangers and unseen dangers. We thank you, Lord God, that you will love us forever. And Lord God, as a as a, as a secondary consequence, as a primary consequence to that, Lord God, we will love you forever. So, God, we surrender our hearts to you, Lord God, this morning. We pray, Lord God, that you will create in us, Lord God, a clean heart, Lord God, and renew in us a right spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that this message that is about to go forth, Lord God, that it will fall on good ground. So, God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for this opportunity, for this moment, for this day. Lord God, for this Sunday in April, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the people shouted hallelujah. Let's give God some praise for our praise team. Hallelujah. Didn't they do a phenomenal job this morning? Y'all did a phenomenal job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to try this again. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to go hands-free today because y'all know I like hands-free. We're going to see. principles for me. Everybody say, it's the principles for me. And we are just going through this series and we're learning how to live, learning how to live based on the scripture, based on what the scripture tells us. And last week we started something um, called Wisdom's Masterclass. Everybody say Wisdom's Masterclass. And we got, we, we, we got into f- the first part, but there's there's a whole lot more. Amen. There's a whole lot more. If I can, I can. I'm going to just switch to the handheld mic if that's, that's good. We'll do that and we'll work on the hum. May hoop today. I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. I just learned from dad, not trying to tell my vocal cords and not be able to talk for a few months. And so, if you would, turn your Bible to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. And this is the scripture that we opened up with last week. And we're going to read from the New King James Version. And we're going to read from the Passion Translation. So, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. And guess what, you guys? Starting next, when is the first? Saturday or Sunday? The first is Saturday, right? So, starting next Sunday, it's Saturday... We're going to do something as a family. We're going to read one Proverbs a day. And the the title for it, it came to me last week in the middle of the the word, is a proverb a day 
keeps the fool in me away. A proverb a day keeps the fool in me away. So starting next Saturday, we're going to read Proverbs 1 as a family. And then throughout the whole 31 days of May, we're going to read the whole book of Proverbs. And I'm not asking you for a synopsis. I'm just asking you to read just one chapter a day. And we're going to send out some reminders. We're going to have it on our social media. Um, and we're going to have it just for a reminder for you uh, to read one Proverbs a day. And so I want you all to really understand wisdom. I, re I really want you to understand life and how to live. And I want you to read the word for yourself. Because Holy Spirit may illuminate it in a whole different way for you than he may illuminate it for me. There may be some principles that you're doing or some things that you're doing that doesn't line up with wisdom, that doesn't line up with the word of God. So a proverb a day keeps the fool in me away because the fool in us wants to come out. Scripture says that the spirit and the flesh, they are warned against one another. And so the spirit is for life. The flesh is for death. And so everybody at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. And this is what it says. It says this. It says, counsel is mind and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. I have strength. Let's read it from the Passion Translation. It says this. It says, you will find true success when you find me. For I have insight into wise plans that are designed just for you. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage, and strength. Courage and strength. And so this right here in and of itself is a master class. What is a master class? Just to do a little refresher, a master class is where you learn the skills. You learn skills on how to do something that you've never been uh, that you've never learned before. You, you learn a new trade or you learn how to do something or you learn how to be something. And so wisdom here is talking to how we should be, how we should be. And so I'm going to give you just a, just a little, just a little quick uh, reminder of what we talked about last week. So we talked about, we talked about counsel and we, we understood that the Hebrew word for counsel is the word etza, which means advice plans and strategy. And so that means that God has a strategy for your life because the scripture says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have towards you, says God, plans to prosper you, plans to give you peace, plans of not of evil, but to give you an expected end. And so the word counsel here, it means advice, plan, strategy. We also talked about last week, sound wisdom, sound wisdom. What is sound wisdom? Sound wisdom in the Hebrew is tashaya, which means efficient wisdom and abiding success. See, we need efficient wisdom in our life so we can live life efficiently. See, we need abiding success in our life so that we can live life the way that God created us to live life. And so we understood that a sound mind produces sound wisdom. A sound mind produces sound wisdom. And today we're going to talk about something that I really, really think is really vital for um, a Christian. It's really vital for, now counsel is, is, is vital, sound wisdom is vital, but these last two I believe are really vital for our life. And so let's, let's go back to the scripture. It says, it says, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. 
And so Wisdom Masterclass also produces understanding. It produces understanding. What is understanding, Pastor Jay? Understanding in the Hebrew is this word. It means it is the word bina or bina, bina, however you say it. Look it up. Look it up. Do an interliterate stutter and look it up. And so bina means discernment and truth. It means discernment and truth. So the word understanding here in the Hebrew means discerning and truth. Now, I believe we often look at discernment with the wrong eyes. We often look at discernment like, oh, it's just something about them that just make my make my blood boil. Or it's just I knew it was I knew it was always something about them. How many of you all have ever when you when you when something negative happens to somebody, you say, well, I discern that I felt that in my spirit. We all have said that. We all have said that. And so I believe we look at discernment with this feeling of, hmm, it's something strange about them. It's, it's just something off about them. When somebody just does something wrong, we're like, I knew, they was, I knew it was something wrong with them from the get-go. See, that's how we look at discernment. But sometimes, hear me, sometimes our discernment is based on wrong biases we have about people. Sometimes our discernment is based on prejudice that we have about people because they don't think like us. They don't look like, like us. They don't feel like us. They don't dress like us. That's not that's not a place in and of itself for you to discern something negative about somebody else. And see, we do that. We do that as Christian and we become these we become almost like an elitist Christian. What is an elitist Christian? Elitist Christian is this. Well, I knew it was something about you all along, so I'm not going to spend my time around you because I'm buttoned up and I'm, um, I, I, ate, um, I ate communion for breakfast and I walked in here quoting the Lord's Prayer. See, we have to move past that if we're going to really see people come to the kingdom of God. If we're going to see people really flourish and who God created them to be, we have to really understand the word. And so discernment, I believe, has another perspective also. And so because discernment basically means this, it means to judge well. Discernment means to judge well. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, because this same word that was in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14, understanding, but nah, is the same Hebrew word in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Everyone there? It's in the Old Testament, by the way. It's in the Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. So I listen, me and Lady Pilar were talking about this yesterday. We've been talking about this throughout the week. I really want you all to understand the word. I really want you to have the truth about the word. And so that's going to take me understanding the truth about the word. But it's also going to take you understanding the truth about the word. And so that means you're going to have to study to show yourself approved. You have to study to show yourself approved. So everybody at First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And this is what it says. It says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. And so I'm going to read that again. It says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of, there's that word, understanding of the times 
to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. And so this leads me to my first key point for today, which is this. Discernment speaks of understanding when to do something. Discernment speaks of understanding when to do something. Because when you are, when you truly understand the purpose for your life, when you truly understand who God has created you to be, then there will be times where God will give you that little nudge to move in this direction. And so good judgment gives more efficiency to our actions. Good judgment gives more efficiency to our actions. And so this connects with sound wisdom because sound wisdom is, is once again, it is efficient wisdom. And so when we truly understand, then we have a, we have a, we understand what the word of God says. And so it allows our actions to be a little bit more efficient. Have you ever done something you've been like, man, that was inefficient. I took, I took the, the long way around when I could have took a more uh, strategized, efficient way. I took the wrong way. I've done that many of times. And so listen, there are some times when God places on your heart to do something and you do it. And later you found out you missed the wreck. Have you ever have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that? I give you a perfect example for me and Maya. One time, uh, what was that? Last last Friday, um, what was that? What day was that when we was in that? Tuesday, Tuesday. So Tuesday, I was gonna I was gonna go home, and um, Holy Spirit was like, Nah, go to Office Depot. And I was like, Why? He's like, Just go to Office Depot. So I went to Office Depot, right? And I had saw Maya. I saw Maya prior to going to Office Depot, but Maya also was delayed, too, because there was somebody whose wheelchair had broke down in the middle of the street, so they had to get pushed across, right? And so Maya also was delayed a little bit more because she went to get some gas because her car was on E, right? Her car was on E. The little red fire truck was on E, right? But it was all for divine, it was all for divine reason, right? So later on, we get, we get on, uh, what's that, 65, and we're driving, and then we see each other again. But guess what, guess what is in front of us? There's a wreck, there's a three-car wreck in front of us. And so God had delayed us so he could delay our, uh, our departure from here because who, who's to say we may have been in that three-car accident? And so discernment tells you to do something, and that, that means that you need to do it at that time because when you do, then God may be sparing you from a car wreck. He may be sparing you from heartache. He may, he may be uh, sparing you from something that is not in his will for your life. And so we have, to, we have to move like the sons of Issachar. We have to understand the times because when we understand the times and we have discernment of the time, then we will move into what God has for us. Now, every time someone tells me, well, I'm sorry for being late or I'm sorry for holding you up, I always say thank you because your holdup is a setup to keep me safe. It's all divine. See, 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 I don't get, see, I used to be, I used to be the type that I used to get impatient because I want it right then, I want it right now, and if it don't come right then and right now, then it's wrong. But God had to really, uh, God had to really get me to understand discernment, to understand, um, to to be patient. 
He had to get me to understand that. And when I understand that, now I see my life from a different, from a vantage point of what God sees my life. So when God says to do something, when God says go right, and I go right, then I miss what could I, what I could have encountered going left. And so listen, so this is basically what I just, what I just talked to you. This is discernment in action. So this leads me to my next key point, which is this. You got to understand. A lot of us have become innocent bystanders because we cannot withstand the truth of the one who created us. Did you hear what I said? A lot of us have become innocent bystanders because we cannot withstand the truth of the one who created us. And so understanding here also speaks of truth. Understanding here also speaks of truth. That, that Hebrew word, bina, bina, however you want to say it, however you want to pronounce it, it also means truth. And so let's go to John chapter 8, verse 32. John chapter 8, verse 32. And this church was founded on truth. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so everybody at John chapter 8, verse 32. This is what the scripture says. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, for if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. See, how, how many of us are not living in the freedom that God has called us to live in? Because we're living in a false reality. See, when you allow yourself to live in a false reality and not understand the truth of who you are and not understand the truth of who God is, then you don't have freedom. See, God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free from depression. He wants you to be free from anxiety. He wants you to be free from stressors. He wants you to be free from, from anything that is not like his will for your life. He wants you to be free in those areas. See, God wants you to live a life of complete freedom. See, God wants you to be unbothered. He wants you to be unbothered. If you, if you forgot what I'm unbothered means, go back to the podcast. Go back to YouTube. Go back to Facebook. And listen to the message on I'm unbothered. But a lot of us are not free because we do not understand the truth of who God is. See, we've been going to church and we've been listening to truth, but we have not yet grabbed hold of that truth and applied it to our life. And since you have not applied the truth to your life, you are not living in complete freedom. See, you are allowing the news to control how you think. You allow you are allowing the government to control how you spend or the government to control how you live. See, God did not create us to be solely dependent on the government. See, God created us to be solely dependent on him. And when we become solely dependent on him, then he can show us the truth of who he is. And guess what? When God shows you the truth of who he is, he also shows you the truth of who you are. And so you don't have to worry about somebody else's opinion of you to worry about if someone respects you or not. You don't have to worry about if, if, they, if they care for you or not, they love you or not, because it doesn't matter how they treat you. It matters how you treat them. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how people treat you. It, it matters how you treat them. And so the truth will set you free from people. The truth will set you free from people. See, a lot of us are not free because we do not understand the truth of who we are. And so someone will give us an opinion 
of who they think we are. And then we live by that opinion. We live by that mindset. And then now we're not free because we're in a prison of their opinion. See, God wants to break you free of the opinions in the prisons of others. He wants to break you free from that. But you must embrace the truth because when you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your life. And so truth apart from Christ neither nourishes nor inspires, but all truth as it is in Jesus, is the food of souls. And so when, when, when our truth, see, see, there's a worldly truth, right? But there's God's truth too. And God's truth is the only truth, honestly. And so truth apart from Christ, it, it doesn't nourish our spirits. It doesn't inspire our, 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 our purpose. And so, listen, if, if you receive some information and it doesn't inspire you or it doesn't nourish you, it is not true from Christ. It's not true from Christ. But if you receive something that inspires you, something that motivates you, something that nourishes you, guess what that comes from? That comes from Christ. And so listen, God desires to free us, but it's going to take us seeking wisdom to be free. He desires to free us. God wants to free you. He wants to free you from that prison of what someone thought about you 15, 20 25 years ago. He wants to free you from that opinion of what someone thought about you last year. He wants to free you from that. But in order for God to free us, we're going to need to embrace the truth. See, when you embrace something, right, you take you take the whole of it, right? When I embrace my wife, I embrace the whole of my wife. I just don't embrace her, give her a pat on the shoulder. I embrace the whole of my wife. And so when you embrace the truth, God wants you to embrace the whole of the truth. Because when you embrace the whole of the truth, then you can be free and experience true freedom. See, how many, how many of you really want to experience true freedom? That means peace. That means bliss. That means you don't have to worry about uh, if you did somebody wrong. You don't have to worry about when you go to sleep. Like, is somebody going to run up in my house? See, I sleep so peacefully at night. See, if it wasn't for Roxy. Last night when the uh, mini hurricane came through, I would have been knocked out through the whole thing. But Roxy don't like storms, and so she'll wake you up. She'll start walking on your head and waking you up. And so um, I had to, we had to take her out and put her in the bathroom so we can sleep in peace. Lady Pilar didn't even feel her. Guess who, guess who felt Roxy? Pastor Jay. She was in the, over there snoring, her and Trip, just snoring away, snoring away. And so, listen, God desires for you to be free. Say this with me. God desires for me to be free. Now, God doesn't just desire for you just to have this full freedom, just this freedom that is just, okay, I feel free on the outside, but on the inside, you just like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just dreading life. I'm just dreading, I'm just dreading stuff. Now, God doesn't want you to experience that type. He wants you to experience freedom, true freedom, true freedom. True freedom means that you're not worried. You're not worried about what the government will provide for you. You're not worried about what CNN says. You're not worried about anything that can go on around you that may go wrong. You're not worried. You're at peace. You're at peace. And so so Wisdom Masterclass produces, it produces counsel. It produces sound wisdom. It produces understanding. And lastly, it produces this. It produces strength. It produces strength. And so the Hebrew word for strength is gabur, right, which means power. 
and mighty acts. It means power and mighty acts. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 19. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 19. See, God wants you to be full of power. He wants you to do mighty acts. He just don't want you to come to church and be um, a knot on the log. He wa- he, God has empowered you to do great things. God has empowered you to, to help bring people to the kingdom. God has empowered you to help reconcile people back to God. And so, let me ask you this. Are you operating in what God empowered you to operate in? Are you? Or are you trying to operate in what God empowered somebody else in? Because the moment you are working to do what somebody else does, then basically you're saying to God, God, I don't really care what you've given me. Basically, you're saying, God, what you've given me is not as great as what you've given them. And see, the moment you have that mindset, it sets you back because what will happen is you'll do what somebody else is doing, and guess what? You'll get burnt out, and then when you get burnt out, then you're going to say the church hurt me, and then you're going to have this whole vendetta against the church. But God wants you to operate in who he created you to be. God doesn't want you to operate in who he created Pastor Jay to be. He doesn't want you to operate who uh, he created Lady Pilar to be. He doesn't want you to operate in who he wanted you, who, who he wanted Lady Agnes to be. He wants you to flow in who he created you to be. And so when you minister, your life is a ministry. Just because you don't get up here every Sunday or you don't, you don't, you don't get up every Wednesday night and speak, that doesn't mean you can't minister to somebody because people are watching how you live. And so how you live is more important than what you say. And so it's important for us to live a life full of wisdom because when we live a life full of wisdom, we will inspire people. See, the, the scripture says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. And so that means that salvation is not just for you. It's for everyone. And so how you live is not just for you. It's for everyone. And so you don't hide when you're trying to light a city. You don't light a candle and hide it under a rock. You put it in a place where everybody can see. Your life is in a place where everybody can see. And so that means that you have influence. How are you using your influence? Are you saying, okay, let me seek God. Let me ask God on how to, how to live. Let me ask God on what principles I need to apply to my life so that I can operate in wisdom, so that I can help inspire people. Because people are watching every day. People are saying, okay, well, are they really living this Christian life? Are they really living this, this life after God? Or are they just saying that they live this life? See, I don't want us at NBCC to just say it. I want us to be it. Because when we be it, then we can aspire a generation. Remember the Samaritan woman? When she, when she understood who Jesus was, she went back and brought a whole city to Christ. See, you are responsible for cities. But if you don't understand wisdom, if you don't understand counsel, if you don't understand understanding sound wisdom, then you're lost. You're lost. And so strength, so strength. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 19. It says this. It says, wisdom strengthens the wise more than 10 rulers of the city. 
there's a scripture in Proverbs chapter one that says um, the wise will hear wisdom and they will become wiser. Right. And so wisdom strengthens. So if, if someone if 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 God gives you wisdom and you deny it, then you have just denied strength. You have just denied strength. So wisdom gives us power to do things money cannot do. Wisdom will give you power, things money cannot do. And so wisdom speaks of favor. Wisdom speaks of favor. And so remember we talked about last week how people in the world are successful, but people in the kingdom are significant. What's the difference? Success is material things. Significance is immaterial things. What are immaterial things? Peace, bliss, um, happiness, joy. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is what my strength. Right. And so God wants us to operate in joy because when we operate in joy, we operate in the strength of God. And so this is what it says in Proverbs chapter eight, verse 19. Proverbs chapter eight, verse 19. It says what I impart. Now, this is wisdom speaking. It says what I impart has greater worth than gold and treasure. And the increase I bring benefits more than a windfall of income. So wisdom is saying here, look, what I will give you is greater than gold and treasure. See, we think that once we get a lot of money, we can do a lot of things. But once you do a lot of things, then if you do a lot of things and you don't have wisdom, guess what? You're still empty. You're still empty. You're still searching for that void. You're still searching for something that's going to fill your soul, fill your spirit. But it says in the scripture that what I impart has greater worth than gold and treasure and the increase I bring benefits more than a windfall of income. How many of us want a windfall of income? Everybody in this room, right? We want a windfall of income because we know when we get that windfall of income, we can come out of Egypt. We can live a life a little bit more free. You can get some jet skis for Pastor Jay. Just throw that in there, right? We're gonna get some jet skis soon, y'all. I'm telling y'all, it's nothing like for me. Just I'm just a side note. It's nothing like for me being on the water. Because I feel like when I'm on the water, I feel like I'm close to God when I'm on the water. Because there's things in the water that you cannot see. But just because you cannot see them does not mean that they're not there. Same goes for God. Just because you cannot see him doesn't mean it's not he's not there. Because he's closer than our, hand and fe- our hands and feet. He's closer than the breath that we breathe. And so I love, I just, I just love being on the water. I just love being on the water. And so let's get back, let's get back to the scripture, though. So, so everybody wants a windfall of money, right? But we have to understand that wisdom is greater than a windfall. And when we understand that wisdom is greater than a windfall, we will seek wisdom instead of the windfall. Because when we seek wisdom, God will give us wisdom on how to spend the windfall. Because if we get the windfall, we don't have no wisdom. Then now we have a windfall and now we have fallen in the wind because we have no wisdom. So God wants us to have wisdom more than a windfall. Because when we have that wisdom, then we have power. We have strength. Because the scripture says, the scripture says in, in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. And so wisdom has strength. And God wants you to have that strength. And so listen, power and mighty acts speak to the ability of the one who uses it. Power and mighty acts speaks of the uh, speaks to the ability of the one who uses it. So you have power, you, you have within you power. 
You have within you think time things to do mighty acts. But the question is, are you using that ability or are you just are you just sitting on that ability? See, a lot of us are just sitting on our ability. We're sitting on what God has placed within us. God has placed within us treasure. He's placed within you treasure. And God wants you to bring that treasure out so that you can bless others. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Got about two more hours worth of content. I'm just joking. Yeah, like two more hours. We're going to be here at 1245. We're trying to get the Cracker Barrel and get the special for today. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Everyone there? I'm going to get you out in enough time so you can get the Cracker Barrel, okay? We'll get to IHOP. We'll get to Waffle House. Or P.S. Taco for me and Lady Pilar. Get some taco fries. Is that a hint? Hey, y'all got to try taco fries. Go to P.S. Taco. It's a shameless plug. One of my classmates owns it. Go to P.S. Taco in Sarah Land. Get you some taco fries and um, get you a quesadilla, okay? And get one to go for me. Just drop it out by a house, okay? All right. Don't forget about Pastor Jay and Lady Pila. What you want, babe? What you want? Let's see what you want. I see what you want on the order. It's Uber Eats right now. What you want? You want a taco? Want the belly of the beast taco? Okay, so Pastor J Quesadilla, Lady P, Belly of the Beast Taco, okay? Just just look at it on the menu, all right? Just look at it on the menu, all right? Can you get what Brother Willie wants today? We just going Uber the Uber Church. Uber Church, Uber Eats Church, right? So Deuteronomy 8, chapter verse 18 says this. It says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And so who gives you the power to get wealth? See, a lot of times we think that once we get blessed with money, we think we did it ourselves. And when we think we did it ourselves, that's when it's hard to give to other people. And guess what? When you don't give to other people, you limit on receiving yourself. Because the scripture says it is better to give than it is to receive. And so God has given us the power to get wealth. But a lot of times we won't have the power to get wealth because we're seeking the wealth and not seeking wisdom. See, a lot of people are seeking the wrong thing when it comes to life. We're, they're, they're, seek, they're, they're saying, God bless me, 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 God bless me. Instead of saying, God, I want you. I want wisdom. I, when Solomon, when God asked Solomon what he wanted, God, Solomon didn't say, I want all the money in the world. I want all the fame in the world. God, Solomon said, I want wisdom. And guess what? God gave him wisdom and God gave him fame and fortune as well because he asked God for the right thing. He, he didn't seek God for the things. He, got, he sought God for who he was, which is the king. And when we understand that God is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, then we won't seek we want to seek the things of what God has. A lot of people, a lot of us seek the things. That used to be me. God, I want you to bless me with this. God, I want you to bless me with this. And when God bless me with that, I sabotage it because I don't have the wisdom to use it in the right way. And so God is looking to bless us with wisdom. See, the power to get wealth comes from seeking wisdom. The power to get wealth comes from seeking wisdom. I know a lot of times that we don't want to talk about 
prosperity because we, it, we believe it's a prosperity gospel. But God wants his people to be prosperous. Prosperity is not just about money. It's not just about money. It has to do with your well-being. It has to do with your physical being. It has to do with your spiritual being. See, God wants us to be prosperous in every area of our life. Say this with me. God desires for me to be prosperous in every area of my life. And so God desires for you to be prosperous in every area of your life. And so if we're going to get wealth, if we're going to use the power, see, see, God gives us the power to get wealth, right? But that power comes from wisdom. Because in order for you to become wealthy, you have to give. You have to give. You have to give. See, a lot of times we think accumulating, 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 accumulating is going to make us wealthy. But it's not. Giving is going to do that. And look, I'm not saying that to manipulate you to give more. I'm not saying that at all. Because when you understand who has given you the power to get wealth, you won't have a problem with giving. You won't have a problem with sowing. That won't y- it won't even be second nature to you. It will be first nature to you because God is a giver. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God is a giver. And so when you understand that God created you in the image and the likeness of him and he's a giver, you become a giver automatically. Off the rip, off the bat, from the top, from the beginning, first annual, right? You become a giver. You become a giver. And so let's go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18. And I'm almost finished. I'm going to give you some tips on how to live a life of godly influence. And guess what? Pastor Jay going to sit down for a month. Pastor Jay going to sit down for a month. And y'all going to hear some other dynamic speakers in the month of May. But when I come back in June, I better be ready. I better be ready. So Proverbs chapter 8, verse 18 says this. It says, unending wealth and glory come to those who discover where I dwell. Let's say that again. Unending wealth and glory come to those who who discover where I dwell. Who is this speaking right here? This is wisdom speaking. It says the riches of righteousness and a long, satisfying life will be given to them, will be given to them. And so where does unending wealth and glory come from? It comes from you discovering where wisdom dwells. So the question becomes this. How do we live a life of godly influence? How do we live a life? of godly influence. Number one is this. We search continually for wisdom. We search continually for wisdom. Next, we love wisdom. The next thing, we discover where wisdom dwells. And so, did you, do you see what I did there? I said, okay, so how do, we, how do we live a life of godly influence? We search, love, and discover, right? And so, S-L-D. Everybody say S-L-D. I want to imprint this in your mind. S-L-D. What does that mean? That means that we need to stop living differently than your original design. Stop living differently than your original design. And so in order for you to live a life 
of godly influence, we have to stop living a life of differently than our design. So let's go. Let's read this in Proverbs chapter eight, verse 17 through 18. And we'll end on this scripture right here. And this is what it says. It says, I will show my love to those who passionately love me, for they will search and search continually until they find me. Unending wealth and glory come to those who discover where I dwell. The rich, the riches of righteousness and a long, satisfying life will be given to them. See, God wants to satisfy you with a long life. But in order for God to satisfy you with a long life, you're going to have to seek wisdom. You're going to have to seek where wisdom dwells. You're going to have to allow the fool in you to go away because you have understood the pro you have understood the principles of the Proverbs. You have understand the principles of the word of God. See, God gives principles. And see, we should be allowing those principles to build us. See, we should be going to faith to faith, glory to glory. See, that means that that the principles that we learn, they should be a process. We should learn this principle and then we should learn this principle. And we, we should we should forever be learning the principles of wisdom. And when we are forever learning the principles of wisdom, then guess what? We will have power to live. We will have we will live a life of godly influence. And God wants you to live a life of godly influence. Say this with me. God wants me to live a life of godly influence. Amen. Amen. Let's look from God in prayer. Let's seal this word in prayer this morning. God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. I'm praying, Lord God, that your people, Lord God, will live a life of godly influence, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that they will live a life of significance rather than of success. We thank you, Lord God, that the significance, Lord God, that you will give them will inspire cities, Lord God, will inspire nations, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for just wisdom being our way of life. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord God, for each and every person who is watching this on live stream, who is listening to this on the podcast, Lord God, now, Lord God, and in the time to come. So, God, we love you. We thank you. We honor you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you are here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to have a relationship with God.